Do you ever think about utopia? Do you ever think about ethical dilemmas? Do you ever think about the other people on public transport? Do you ever think about the demise of civilization as we know it? Ring, 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 ring. Hello? Hi. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I just, like a deer in Yes, hello? <laughs> oh my god, I've been caught. <laughs> they actually answered. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is the audio equivalent of ding dong ditch. Yeah, except yeah. the other way around where except- they answer the door and you don't know what to do. And I forgot to run away. <laughs> just panicked. <laughs> hello, dear listener. <laughs> so glad you've answered the call. Yeah. Um, this episode is about phone calls. Mm. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Are you afraid of them? Are they a source of anxiety or do they just remind you of your mother and or workplace? Have you had an experience where you've accidentally picked up a phone call and heard one of your parents potentially having some sort of affair on the other line? Oh, rough. This could be a traumatizing experience for some yeah. and may, may lead to some phone anxiety later in life. Or you could go the other way. Do you fucking enjoy that phone call from your boo where you can sit there, wrap up with a dildo on the couch in a long-distance relationship and look at your phone lovingly thinking, ah, that's where their voice comes out of. (laughs) (laughs) And the only place where their voice comes out of. (laughs) Well, I, like many of you, probably relate to some of those. And um, like any good millennial, I struggle with phone calls. I have in the past struggled with phone calls, I should say. We've talked about this because Mm. I definitely don't identify as a millennial and I, for one, love phone calls. Like, to the point I am that annoying friend that calls you. And I've actually seen more and more memes about it I feel personally victimized about (laughs) where because I will call somebody without giving a text-up warning and it will ring out and then I'll leave a voicemail that says... I know you're screening my calls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, lucky for you, no one listens to voicemails anymore. I either. love them. They're so much fun. Oh, Everybody no. should listen to voicemails, especially when you're drunk. I know. Well, you know, I feel like there's certain protocols now with voicemails. It's sort of like um, if someone has left me a voicemail and it's in my personal life, there's a very, very high chance I'm not going to listen to it. But if it's anything sort of like, I think it's appropriate. You can still leave a voicemail if it's like a business kind of thing. You know, like if I want to make an appointment somewhere and for some godforsaken reason, I can't find their email address and I need to contact them and I leave a voicemail. That feels like, okay, I'm living in the 21st century and that's fine. But any sort of like, you know, familiar to me. Like, so many other ways that you can relay that message that don't require me to make an extra phone call. Jokes on you, though, because I will get drunk. I will call people because I feel like just having a chat. It'll go to their voicemail. I'll leave a message. I'll leave a long one. I'll leave a ridiculous one, knowing that one day they'll have to listen to it because eventually they're going to have to listen to it. Like, there'll be an important like voicemail left, and they have to go through it, and that's a revenge served cold or a little delight a little afternoon delight. that's what i'm going for but i'm also open to the fact that it could be horrible do you retain any voicemails from like i mean i pretty much save all of my parents voicemails because i'm like one day when they're dead i'll listen to this and i'll just be so happy i've got this recording of their voice you don't listen to voicemails now what are you talking i know i know but i have like saved ones because the only people who ever leave me a voicemail are my parents yeah these days now that they can text they don't even do that no mom dad (laughs) pick up your game um no, I don't really like save them. 
uh, because I know I won't really listen to them again. It's also no. a terrible, like, there's no way of filing them. No, there is no way of saving them. Again, this is why I prefer the voice message. The vo- and I love them as well. Yeah. I just love the good. sound of my own voice. I do, yeah. <laughs> That's why we have a podcast, I guess. <laughs> it's like one long phone call with each other, but we're face to face. An edited phone call exactly. where we have to think. We have. <laughs> Take out all of the weird and awkward pauses yeah, and we, the difficult things we wish we'd hadn't said. And we made in face, so it's not yes. awkward. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so what was your first thought about phone calls? Well, because this was something that I came up with, and I'll tell you that the whole concept came from me trying to call you drunkenly from the couch. Uh, I was very, very drunk by myself. And I remember calling you, um, and it went to, like, it, you didn't pick up. No, I didn't. I screened it because I was too stoned to answer the phone at that time. And I, I was drunk. I was drunk, Kando. Um, and I was just thinking, like, as I hung up the phone and thought that I was being deep and meaningful, but in honest, I was just being wasted, staring at the ceiling, being like, it's so weird that I could just, int- if she picked up, I can just interject into her life and find, like, it's a weird teleportation of yeah. sorts because you can get, if you somebody picks up, I love that idea that you could connect mm. when somebody's they could be on a train, they could be at work, and this idea, I just imagined what you were doing and potentially imagine that it could be good or bad. That's why you weren't messing it like picking up my phone. But was the, it I, laying on the couch? Because that's, that's what I was doing. What I was doing. Um and so like the and I so I just sat back and I was like, man, phone calls are so trippy and weird. Again, thinking mm. I was being deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that's, a little bit, that's actually like a thought I haven't had before. That's I like that. I, you know, you if, if you actually get them to pick up spontaneously mm. you really could be just like entering a moment in someone's life oh you'd never believe what i just finished doing yeah you and know I, and i love that because sometimes like and i i'm not the only obsolete person there are people that pick up yeah. um in like if they wanted to like not all the time if you're <laughs> like driving at high speed don't yes uh but if you can pick up and it's always the same thing where someone will pick up and I'll always go, even though I call it, I'll be like, oh, you picked up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your life. What are you doing? You're, I call you and answer your phone calls probably more than, I, I think that I've gotten good at answering and talking on the phone. Maybe because we did a lot of it over the lockdown. I, Could be a reason. I feel like I got more comfortable with actually picking up and not being afraid of like, just, just fucking answer it. Well, like the reason <laughs> that I got um, really comfortable with it, because I used to be afraid of it mm. when I had a very smartphone. Um, and then I got a sl- uh, B grade, D grade phone. Still smart enough. Still smarter than like a three-year-old or a pig. Hey. Uh, but it, I couldn't, and this is probably mine. I couldn't figure out how to turn it off so that no phone call was not unknown. It, like oh. and I apparently has something to do with Optus SIM card, but oh, every that's a setting. Yes, yeah. but I couldn't for the life of me. And eventually, I learned to love it because it was like I had to pick up because otherwise I wouldn't know who it was. Yeah. It could have been important. It could have been something to do with business. And so I ended up just like re. And it also felt like the home phone. It was really exciting. I'm like, who the fuck's it gonna yeah. be? And I realized that you actually sort out so much shit in your life when you pick up phone calls as they happen. Yes. Okay. Well, that's. We will revisit that topic because that is something I did a bit of research on. Is it? And something I wanted to say. Well, one of my first, so I'll do my first thought, which is that I was thinking about this weird dichotomy in my life where if it's anything to do with like admin, whether this is at my work, in my job, or whether it's like life admin, I will like preference the phone almost over anything else. Like I don't want to send an email. I don't want to go on your website. I don't want to go into the shop and have to see someone face to face. 
I want to, I don't want to fill out an online questionnaire and do an online booking. Mm. I want to call the place, speak with someone, get my questions answered perfectly and have it resolved in two minutes. Isn't that funny that you know? now, like even in this day of like, because people are always like, it's even a selling point. A real person will answer. Yeah. Or, but see, but see, I find also there's a lot of people now who are like, oh, if I don't have to make the phone call and talk to the person, like that's so good. And I'm like, yeah, but then you're like emailing back and forth. You might submit some web page inquiry that doesn't get a response for three days you know it's like if you want something done you call them and it gets done like and I find that at my job as well where like if I have to talk to a client about something complicated and or confess that a mistake has been made yeah so much easier to massage that when you're just you just nip you know nip it in the bud call them speak with it resolve it and it's done and you're not stuck in this limbo of like okay I've sent the email now what's gonna happen you know Mm. but in my personal life Man, you're lucky if I call you. Like, I feel pretty <laughs> or lucky. Even respond to your text messages <laughs> in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> but I do, I do view the phone call as a very valuable tool for getting things done. Yeah, especially admin wise. Admin wise. Yeah, and threatening wise. Threatening wise. Yeah, threatening wise. Massaging the truth wise. Like, if you need to just sort of smooth something over, and you don't really want to be held accountable for what you've said, you just want to make someone feel better. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what always makes me feel better what? speaking of a good old-fashioned summarized history oh yes <laughs> i've been waiting for this <laughs> i would like that because, uh because we're talking about uh phone calls and kind of how they've shaped a weird anxiety i think it's probably beneficial that we do have a little bit of a rundown to figure out how we've gotten to this place of terror yeah internal terror at all yeah. times yeah and you know I actually don't know too much about like modes of communication so oh. I'm interested to learn how that's, they've evolved over time that's nonsense I feel like you know heaps about mode well I don't know would you class social media modes as still a telephonic mm. mode nowadays or are we talking like morse code smoke signals phone calls well I would say that Social media, just as a really catch-all term, you know, that includes Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's definitely a communication tool, particularly the direct messaging tools. That's definitely, I'd say, equivalent to like texting or emailing or, you know, because that's a private message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wait. Private. private. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like smoke signals if you try. Imagine sexting but through smoke signals. <laughs> And you're like, don't look at it. <laughs> That's like, how big it is, baby. We've got to wait for mom and dad to go to sleep before we do our naughty smoke signals. <laughs> naughty telegrams. Except they'd be called smoking signals. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, social media counts in the way that there are elements of direct messaging there, I'd say. But, like, the public stuff is a separate I think that's a separate thing. Totally. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just jump into a little bit of the history. This is Kando's Ode to Telephobia, a history. (laughs) (laughs) So the whole telephobia business is what I can see as a full circle evolution of the telegraph, which was a nifty as fuck gadget that allowed coded messages to be sent through electrical impulses down a wire. That is like, I don't even understand how that's possible. It's magic, you know? right? <laughs> like people were doing it like, you know, when there were horse-drawn carriages. 
It's like well before like the light bulb was taken off, yeah. electricity is still and like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But problems with this did include that you could only have one message per wire and there are no fun ringtones. <laughs> Hmm. Or the game Snake, now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so, what I assume are these gaping holes in this invention is what sets off a telewar to improve, like, the whole system, really, between Alexander Graham Bell and Elisha Gray, who are two primitive tech heads <laughs> going battle like Galactica, both determined to be the official inventor of the blower. <laughs> It's like it's like an Edison versus Tesla light bulb situation. It's a like tale as old as time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Alexander Graham Bell ends up winning crazily only by a couple of hours though. Mm, um, sus. And do, oh, do you know what I? Th- yeah, do you know what I think is funny as well? So he worked as a teacher for the deaf for years, and I was like, he must have hated them because he went on to like oh. invent something that's really useless to the hearing impaired community. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that was his idea for this did not arise throughout the course of his employment. That was not inspired by something like a problem he encountered in his day to day life. It's like I never want to talk to these yeah. people again. I never want to be in the same room. No, I'm kidding. Like um, he actually no. had a great love for it. It was his mom and his sister that were deaf, oh. which actually um is what inspired his lifelong fascination with anatomical hearing apparatus and sounds. Interesting. I know. Yeah, that, well, that's quite cute. In a weird way, yeah. yeah. But like, it's. I thought it was so funny that he's the one that like invented something that's so useless to the deaf community. It's very ironic. It is. <laughs> well, and I guess like full circle, iPhones and like FaceTime has become very useful to the deaf community. It just took a good amount of time to get there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, just the ability to um directly message by text totally anything really now you know that would be a huge accessibility gain for hearing impaired or deaf people yeah totally yeah. but it took a while to get there and mm. that was not the intention from what i can tell alexandra no, it was just, just a latent side effect yeah <laughs> <laughs> So Valentine's Day in 1876 is when Mr. Bell got his patent in and claimed the victory just a couple of hours before Elisha Gray and there's a lot of controversy controversy over that because there's quite a lot of overlapping uh, approaches. Mm. So, <laughs> and this is ba- way back in the day where there wasn't any phones in the, like cameras in the phones so no one could prove fucking anything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they were literally like racing on horseback to the patent office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Alexander... Bell takes the cake and eventually that turns into the company AT&T who are super stoked that they're going to be making heaps of cash for years. I think it was originally called Bell South. Oh, really? Yeah, I think like even as late as the 80s, it was called Bell South. Like that was like a big phone company and then I think AT&T bought it. Oh, crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like the legacy was there. The name was there for a long time. That's interesting. Mm. And it suits it as well if I'm on it. If it was like Elisha Gray, just where's the... Yeah. It's not a jingle. Where's, Bell. The, where's the pun with an element of the telephone? Yeah. You know? Don't leave me in the grave. But it's so, I don't know. It's not as good as give me a bell. Yeah, give me a bell. But then, like, do we say give me a bell because his name was Bell? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, is that an overlap to a ring-a-ding-ding? Yeah, or, like, 
yeah, true. These are the hard-hitting questions. These are the questions we're going to answer today. (laughs) (laughs) So early phone calls involved an operator who connected the lines manually. Um, And phone calls are still a novelty. And so anxiety is at a minimum, apart from concerns that the eerie disembodied voices like it spawned would tear apart the fabric of society, removing the need for people to meet face to face. Other than that, cliffhanging anxiety, everything's sweet. Was this really a thing? Yeah, people have been afraid of technology since like forever. That's like, (laughs) I love that. That is like, you know, the same kind of, op-ed you could read in the Atlantic right now about social media tearing apart the fabric of society that's great well like um people like when they started printing press mm-hmm. there was huge anxiety that it was going to fuck with people's memories by like taking away their <laughs> and like there's like that's a very serious fear that was arrived at the time and you know what I have no idea if it was fa- like it could have very well been true mm. like in an oral yeah, like yeah. living community mm-hmm. maybe they were wait, like way better at remembering shit. I mean, don't isn't it that time old um, maxim of evolution that if you don't use it, you lose it? Yes. So, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, I don't know many people with good memories, so this is like I think this is evidence. This is empirical yeah, evidence. Empirical <laughs> evidence. And I would say we're all more anxious about having conversations. So, potentially the phone did this to us. I don't know, we'll find out. Let's find out. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Telephone goes through a series of makeovers over the next few decades, coming sleeker, lighter, more compact, more flippier. Um, It experiences its first bout of mobility by being placed in cars in the late 1940s, which is the first step towards disabling boundaries and becoming more available to every silly asshole with a phone. (laughs) However, back then it was probably only like five people, so risks were still minimum. It was like the three other millionaires who can afford a car phone in 1940. Or a car. Or a car. So, yeah, anxiety risks are still low and confined to, like, I guess, horrific accidents as a result of distracted driving. (laughs) Oh, come on. You know that those people had chauffeurs. This they were so sitting in the true. back. They were sitting in the back smoking a cigar. You're absolutely right. Nobody like that had a Having their cocaine wine. And I guess that was more like 1800s. But I'm pretty sure cocaine was still around in the 40s. I think cocaine wine was still a thing in the 40s, I'd I, say. Yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. like yeah. propelled a lot of things, yes. really. <laughs> Okay, so in 1927, there was a telephone link between London and New York, which was facilitated by a floating radio service. Um, and that, it was just a radio on a boat. And that was like how you got to, like, think, yeah, yeah. I was listening to the first phone call that was like, New York, it's London. And they're like, oh my God, London, it's New York. And they're just like, what time is it there? And it's like, 11.30, and it's raining. And I'm like, fucking riveting. Like, <laughs> It's like maybe they had like a minute of phone call anxiety. They were like, oh, okay, well, now we have to have a conversation. Yeah, they were so concerned about if they could. If it would work. Yep, they didn't think about what they would talk about. Yes. <sighs> yeah, so um, this boat gets um, moved out of the way by a feat of engineering, which is the first transatlantic telephone underwater cable, which will one day go on to be a World Wide Web. <laughs> a network you'd say would yeah. you say oh, so it's okay. like the first like because it trips mm. me out that stuff like the internet or telephone is like hardware mm. it comes from an actual sourceable yes. cable yeah yeah i mean it's still i think 
essentially, you know, from my engineering knowledge, um, I think, I mean, it is still essentially a series of impulses down a metal wire, like a conduce, an electricity conducing, conducive wire, you know, it's, it's still like the principle of like sending beams of electricity down something. And on the other side, it's going to be interpreted as like, Mm. that's still the foundation of the, of it. It's crazy because yeah, mean, Wi-Fi is di- you know like satellite is different now, but that's an anxiety that's, for another day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's look. That's just magic. No one knows how that works. No, but this has a f- material mechanical component, which, um, like even from the telegraph, it's still like the national broadband network is still a network of bands. Yeah, broadly. Yeah, <laughs> nationally. Nationally, <laughs> it's hectic. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Like the first, it was like uh, between London and New York, which was like the first cable, and that would go on to grow further and start connecting the world as we know it. Mm. Um, but then it's all a bit yada yada yada, really, <laughs> until 1973. This is my incredible uh, researching. Yes. It's a bit yada yada yada. Uh, but 1973, fucking hold the phone, literally. <laughs> Motorola. <laughs> Wait, did you challenge yourself to fit as many phone puns? That one was literally on the fly just now. That was impressive. I'm actually serious. Um, so hold the phone. Motorola, pull out the big guns with a brick phone. Um, it's bigger than your head and it costs about $10,000 in today's money. Um, pretty exciting stuff. There's Su- like <laughs> Super valuable. Super valuable. Um, and, <laughs> and it goes on to be worthless. Um, in between then and 1988, uh, 1998, phones... Start getting smaller, games get put on them, kids start getting them. There's a lot more that happens. Snake is put on the phone, and Crazy Frog, uh, which is the ringtone that you could buy off TV, becomes a popular way to ostracize yourself from your community. <laughs> um, and interestingly, on the first step towards widespread social discomfort um, is texting. Which, like, it's kind of like the Telegraph getting a sort of technological tit lift, um, which is way sexier. But it was... <laughs> Candace's research. <laughs> oh, I love it. Telegraph, but with a tit lift. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. The nipples of the telecommunications oh, yes, world. Yes, yes. Kind of texting is the sexy part of the phone, like the telecommunications world, I'm going to mm, say. Mm. I think just because it looks kind of like sexting yeah yeah i would say <laughs> when i'm looking at the word i'm like what is it that reminds me about sex, sex. <laughs> i've got like, mm. texting <laughs> so that was the first step towards not having to speak to someone to communicate and the descent of the other side of what we'll say is the alexander graham bell curve <laughs> Of phone anxiety. Of phone anxiety. So, um, <sighs> which is crazy because, like, the SMS concept was first developed um, by Franco-German GSM Corporation in 1984, but it wasn't until 1992 that the first text was actually sent, and it was a very simple Merry Christmas. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> um, and like any new technology, the initial growth was slow, but then all of a sudden, woof, yeah, took off. Expands, access, things get cheaper. Everyone can do it. Yep. yep. We find fun ways to like make little emojis. Oh yep. my God, I didn't even look up when fucking emojis were like looked into because I feel, oh, did it help or hinder? Oh, well, I've actually heard, basically when you're texting someone, 
uh, it's very hard to intone like what someone's tone of voice is, especially if you're being kind of straightforward or blunt or. Yeah. Um, why emojis are the best. Yeah, and emojis like fill in the gap of the um, nonverbal communication cues that you would be getting if you were having a face-to-face conversation with someone. Yeah. So like an incredibly effective tool to communicate like, you know, I'm telling you this and it's just a friendly reminder and not a I'm, you know, nitpicking and being an asshole or, Mm. you know, like it makes the language richer. Yeah. I think it makes language richer when you use emojis and now there's also all these other things that certain emojis mean yeah oh yeah there's that too yeah honestly yeah no that's the same thing yeah it is it is because it's that's not even just a picture of a person having an expression that is like someone literally making the exasperated expression that you are trying to intone with this message you're communicating or whatever or if it's well known and people are already familiar with the tone of it you're able to effectively just be like this is what i mean exactly exactly <clears throat> um and then you know and then they also have other meanings because there's you know, that gif was actually a clip from this movie, which is representative of something in culture. And it's okay for someone to use that, or it's not okay for someone to use that, or it's digital blackface, for example, or it's, which is a term I learned recently, which I think is really interesting and helpful. I thought, yeah, it's like basically the idea that like, um, that non black people are, using a gif of like a sassy black woman oh. to like you know get a point across and it's like well that's like I don't know that's not great is it like you're not a sassy black woman you're like a sassy white woman but at the same time so the term is digital blackface the term is digital yeah. blackface um mm. I can see why that would be very frustrating to the community I, th- I imagine uh but I also think that it's pushing it a little bit too far because people are also using like characters from a whole host of other things to do the same thing and mm. I wouldn't say that that is specifically just that yeah I think I think it, it is it's a tough one I think because it's skirting this line between like um is the does the person does it have to be a sassy black woman or can it just be a sassy person and like what does them what does you choosing the person of the black skin tone versus another if you just did the sassy gif you know like I think it's kind of like the question of like well do you have to use that because you could convey that same message in another way without bringing race into it I don't know I like I don't know really well that's I've seen examples of it where I've cringed online totally and then I've seen examples of it where I was like oh this is a character from a really popular sitcom that Mm. everyone knows what this character is like and you using it is you relating to that character. Yeah. You know? I think that's what I'm trying to get. Well, yeah. but I guess that's giving me a fuck ton of anxiety, which yeah. is what we're about. <laughs> and I thought I didn't have that much for an anxiety. <laughs> well, welcome to a brand new No, you've got cliff. GIF anxiety now. But I don't. I love no. GIFs. You are absolutely allowed to continue using them. I that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. No. My fa- <laughs> I will. I will. This might be a total digression. Anyway, sorry. I tend to No, that was um, interesting. I hadn't heard um, of mm. that term. So, but we are talking about... Ang- back on topic. Uh, we are talking about anxiety. Because it's funny. That is... Um, as the phone is no longer just this thing to hear somebody's voice out of, now it is like the gateway to all sorts of ways to communicate, whether that's social media, texting, uh, like... Direct and, messaging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously that is now opened up to like using gifts and all that. It's mm-hmm. another 
whole realm of anxiety that some like people feel. Yeah. Because I didn't realize there were so many types of telephobia. Ah. There's like actually so many people feeling anxious for different reasons. I thought like, oh, it's just the one where you're just might be in the so like social anxiety sort of thing where you like replay a text uh replay a phone call that you've had with somebody and you nitpick everything and go i would have sounded stupid i was stuttering they went like because you don't have visual cues to go off yeah but no apparently there's heaps of ways to feel anxious yeah yeah well yeah i mean i can definitely think of specific triggers that give me phoning phone calls specifically anxiety but then also generally phone anxiety Mm. like text message or dm anxiety um where like and some of them are actually quite valid right like it's actually like fine to feel anxious when you see that a prospective employer is calling you to either potentially offer you a job or tell you you didn't get a job my i wrote reasons for anxiety with phone and the first one is that somebody could possibly answer v-man's abortion clinic you rape them we scrape them no fetus can beat us and i was like that gives me anxiety (laughs) you literally have no idea what's gonna be on the other side of that (laughs) Um, yeah, or, you know, you could have someone, um, calling to, you know, pull you up on something that you know that you did wrong. And that that. is like valid anxiety, you know, like, you know, that you owe someone an apology or, uh, you know, an excuse or something like that. Um, and they start calling and you get anxiety and it's like that, that's, I think that's fine, you know, because you would still have anxiety if you were going to meet them for a coffee, Mm. you know? But there's other types of anxiety around phone and phone call. <laughs> mm. Like being afraid that uh, there's going to be bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Like every like whenever my parents call me at night, yeah. because we speak in the morning, and whenever they call at night, I always I always answer for one because I, I like don't screen it because I'm like, oh, there's something something's bad. Mm. And like, I think that's only ever once been something bad. Um, it's almost always just my mom got up really early and wanted to chat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but I think in the in the old days, like I think a lot of it is because I don't know why they're calling. Like a spontaneous phone call is like, I don't know why you're calling and it could be anything and that makes me nervous. Yeah. You know? I think when I, because I don't really screen calls anymore. Mm. Um, And when it's funny, when you say the old days, do you mean like 2005 or the 1800s? No, sorry. (laughs) I meant like before even like caller ID. Ooh. Or like, you know, when, when people just called people to like... When there was no other way, there was no faster way to communicate with someone other than calling. Yeah. You would never know why someone was calling. You might be expecting a phone call from someone. Um, And maybe then when you got caller ID, a little bit of anxiety came in because then you would have that expectation of so-and-so is calling me. What are they calling about? Whatever. Mm. Um, But like every phone call was Russian roulette in the mm. past i love that about you know? that. i yeah. miss home phones i miss yeah. like i guess also home phones are kind of a safe yes. space as well because you've accepted that you're in an environment where you're happy to take a phone call whereas like with the no boundaries of always having mm. a phone on you and having to be or expected to be available at any given time mm. through whatever medium is on that fucking phone yes um, yes that would give me more anxiety than not because sometimes i really like not being reachable yeah because uh, i like to do my own thing and just piss off somebody some oh, somewhere not somebody <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, um, I think that um, not being like mentally prepared for the call that I anticipate is coming when it's a particular, like I never have anxiety about, um, as I said in the beginning, like about work admin or like life admin kind of stuff. You know, if I'm expecting a call or I have to make a phone call to the vet or I have to make a phone call for work for something, it's totally fine. There's no issue. I prefer it. Mm. You know, a lot of my, my issues about it at least, and this is probably a, uh, one type of telephobia, maybe not ev- like other people don't have an issue with these types of calls, but it's the interpersonal things for me that give me the most anxiety. And it's like a weird social anxiety where I never feel nervous when I'm going to like have a drink with someone that I haven't seen in a long time. Or if I'm going to like a place where I don't know many people, like I can fucking talk to anyone. It's I have no issue with that. So what is it about the, the fact that I it's spontaneous. I wasn't expecting it. I don't know why they're calling. I maybe have some underlying guilt because it might be someone calling me who in a completely irrational, unrelenting expectation in my head of like, I should have reached out to them first. And now they think badly of me because they had to be the one to initiate the phone call. Well, that's like, exhausting. How many people do you know? How yeah, many like, people can like, you, How are you going to reach out to all of exactly. them? Exactly. Yeah, like there's like a weird pressure in my head of like, oh, I've been a bad, like they're probably calling and they're already exasperated with me because I've been such a negligent friend. Whoa. I mean, and like that's irrational. I know that no one thinks that because the world does not revolve around me. No. <laughs> oh, well, and like other thing. People probably think I'm neg- negligent because I call too much. So there's no way to win. <laughs> well, and also like think about like I never have those thoughts about other people. So exactly. why would I think that someone is thinking that about me? But there's like so much guilt for me around getting a phone call from someone I don't speak to super mm. frequently, you know? Yeah. Um. So that's weird. That's a weird thing to unpack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what are the types of telephobia that you said were in that article you were reading? Um, I'm curious if that's like, is that what yours mainly is? Like no, interpersonal well, stuff or like? Not really. Like, no. uh, cause mine definitely is like, I'm so happy with interpersonal call. I will mm. happily like be on the phone for ages. One thing I'm so thankful about with my partner and one thing I was looking for in a partner was somebody that's okay with phone calls Nice, because not okay. Like good with yeah. phone calls yeah. because I fucking need somebody who I can call and shoot the shit with. Yeah. Um, however, when it comes to admin stuff, um, and I know I can very clearly trace where the anxiety comes from. It's because I'm an unorganized, lazy fucker. <laughs> so whenever I get, and if I've done the thing I meant to do, I'm happy as fuck to take that call. Yeah. But I, I get very childish and very much like I'm in the principal's office. It would be like, and which is hard because I don't even really have a job, so I don't even know. What no, I know. Like, what could? They, yeah, like, what's the consequence? Probably only something that affects you and no one else. Like, yeah, that's it. Uh, but if it's like something that I've meant to do and I know I haven't, that's what I get um, anxiety. The other anxiety that I could probably relate to is, and this is very superficial and it's just kind of popped into my head now, is if I don't have a good enough phone, then other people. Like, because I don't really care about technology um, to the point where I'm going to be left behind. <laughs> um, and I can see myself opening up a reserve for people that don't <laughs> want to fucking deal with anything more than a washing machine. Is it the OK Boomer Retirement Village? <laughs> but it would be for cool young people. But be for cool, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anxiety-free living for the under 30s. <laughs> 
No, under 40s, 50s. Uh, I have to like, I just pushed myself out of my own retreat. We're we're starting a retirement village for people who aren't retiring, but they're just retiring their phones. A pre-retirement village. Um, So, but as a result of that, um, I don't really care about my phone. Um, and so when I, I get weird anxiety when I'm doing stuff on my phone and people are near me and they can see how slow I am at doing shit. Oh, like- um, and it's a very like tactile sort of anxiety where mm. they can see me, like my brother, who is really good, um, like tech savvy, I believe was the thing. He's like, for fuck's sake, group your apps. And I'm like, what is this magic? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean group my, he's like, update your phone. I'm like, why? Why would they sell me an updated phone? <laughs> it's like. Why do I want to learn this? Yeah. You know, it's like, what? So now I have to learn how to group my apps? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just wanted to, like, I know. I've use been emojis. Very, I've been very slow to adopt that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but I have gone from being a total sort of neophyte. Is that the right word? I have no idea. What's the word? Troglodyte. No, that's not <laughs> Stalactite. Stalactite. <laughs> no, it. that's, that's no, not it. No, that's, that's from not. a cave. <laughs> neophyte, which I think means, like, you know... Um, like not tech person. Ah. Like not a techie person. Are you sure it's not pronounced Neanderthal? I could look it up, but I'm just going to roll with it. I hope it's not something offensive. I've gone from being a total like rejection of that, um, you know, very proudly only got my first smartphone in like 2016 or something. Really? Or no, no, sorry. 2000. It was when I came back to Australia from America in 2014. Whoa. Yeah. Um, which I believe was probably about <laughs> at least five years after most people had smartphones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like one of those things of like, is it more convenient because now I have to just manage the apps? You know, it's like these apps are supposed to make it easier to manage my money so I don't have a checkbook that I have to balance. But now I've got to make sure that I enter the data into the app correctly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and honestly, and now with like, ugh, Another type of anxiety that I actually am grateful for for apps and texting yeah. is ordering takeaway food yeah. because I don't have to deal with the shame of explaining to somebody that I ordered a vegan pizza with ham and cheese. Mm, yes, and actually this is a really good one where um, phone anxiety hits me and it's not an interpersonal thing. I am very grateful that I no longer have to call up the pizza place and order enough food for t- for four people, but it's only for two people. And pretend that there's and a party. And pretend going. that there's a party, <laughs> and you go, you put your hand over the phone, and you go, oh yeah, what what do the guys want? Oh okay, oh yeah, they want they also want two more pizzas. Okay, yeah, yeah. Steve, and he always like, wants cheese. Yeah, yeah. And then the guy comes to the door, and you're like, oh yeah, guys, the food's here, guys. Yeah, guys, the food's here. And it's like just me yeah. alone. Making um, all the noise going like, Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was always very triggering for me, actually. Um, playing into some probably like food anxiety as well. But um, I can now proudly just order whatever the fuck I want without having to feel like anyone's judging me. Um, so that's a win for yeah. the anti-phone call. That is. That's a win. Um, um, well, what I'm reading right now is... Uh, article about Mm -hmm. like and this is actually a point that I hadn't thought about a lot of people do prefer texting because it gives them time to think about the wording of their messages Mm. um and a lot of like anxiety apparently according to this article um is because you feel quite put on the spot and without Mm. uh the cute like facial cues or body language cues to rely on 
you feel a little bit more. Um, you're like in the you're just like yeah. yeah yeah you're just kind of just there and and uh, you don't have any um, like guideposts mm. or anything to like distract you if there's an awkward pause you know like if you're with someone face to face and you're at a cafe you have you can you know people watch and comment on what's going on around you or comment on what you're eating or whatever or just make something up like that's a weird place to put a piano and yeah, when they yeah. look just scapa <laughs> you can always just go oh, i've got to pee because you hit an awkward pause and you can just go to the toilet for a minute i okay um, it's mother's day today and i like i because <laughs> i'm a great daughter and woke up 6 30 a.m still drunk um i went to the toilet and without thinking was like i'm gonna call her like and so called her this morning um and she happened to be on the toilet as well oh <laughs> and so we had our mother's day <laughs> <laughs> taking simultaneously I mean if that's poops. not a wholesome that is just wholesome family time I yeah. love it I we love call it toot 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 I'm glad I'm not the only one who speaks to my parents while I'm on the toilet I absolutely <laughs> do that so that's good um I actually find myself speaking to so many people oh uh, yeah actually toilet. actually there's like definitely lots of phone calls I make on the toilet or, yeah. or take at least or not in the middle of the phone call, go and use the toilet. Not everybody knows that I'm on the toilet while Mm-mm. I'm doing it. Mm-mm. Hey, listeners, I'm on the toilet right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, it <not>. turns out. <laughs> um, which I guess is maybe a pro for phone calls, right? Because, like, what other – well, I guess you can text and <laughs> – well, I guess. I was going to say, what other mode of communication but, could you do from the toilet? It's like literally everything else. But honestly, how do you, how else, I, like riddle me this. How the fuck else do you really express true intimacy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to not only be peeing while you're talking to someone, but tell someone that you're peeing while you're talking to someone. Mm. Or don't tell them and then just flush the toilet. <laughs> and you're like. <laughs> and then it's like a game of chicken. It's like. Am I going to say that I, that was the toilet? Are they going to say, was that the toilet? Are we going to have a laugh about it? Truly the great Game of Thrones. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's a true Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> or you just do the whole like, that TV is so loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those boys. Yeah. Those guys. It's those guys again. With their toilet humor. <laughs> flushy toilet. Uh, anyway, you're on speakerphone. That's why. Um, don't. Anyway, mm. the weather. Um, but you know what? Oh, did you have more? From no, the no, no. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say one thing, um, that I was thinking about that is quite silly. It, it sort of, when I try and drill down on these like irrational anxieties that I get about this kind of stuff, yeah. it's, it's really hard to actually grasp what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to kind of, uh, recondition my thinking about it and I kind of landed on two of the main the most anxiety-inducing things are if someone is calling me, I anticipate that the call is going to be, like, heavy or it's going to be long or it's going to require a lot of emotional energy. Um, and I don't feel up for it, but I don't have a good reason to not feel up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to lie. Um, and for some reason, the obvious solution to that is to just say, I'm not, I can't talk long. I, you know, I'm sorry. Like, um, I can only chat for 10 minutes or something like that. You know, you can, you can sort of like nip that in the bud. Mm. 
also though, like whatever anxiety you're having, like, you know, this like plays into this guilt thing for me, which is the second thing, which is where I feel guilty that someone's calling me and I haven't spoken to them for a long time. Or, or like, I know that like, I think about a friend and I'm like, I should call them and catch up with them. And I don't. And in my head, they know that I thought of it. They do not know. No. But they know that I thought about calling them. And then they know that I didn't prioritize it. And then, and so then the sort of anxious avoidance of making that call or, you know, returning their call just snowballs to like, oh, now it's been too long and I can't call them back now because then I've got to apologize and I'm not in the emotional space to, you know, give my repentance for being such a bad friend. I mean, it's like all of this is just like inventing scenarios in your head and hurting your own feelings. Yeah, don't do it. Stuff that's not not happening at all. It's all imaginary situations. Um, And really, like you have, like, it's not like once you answer the phone, then you're like on this path. I think that's what in my head, it's like, if I answer the phone, that's it. I'm on this train and it's going this direction and I'm going to have to have a 40 minute phone call that's very emotionally draining and, mm. I, and I, I'm not up for it right now, which is a completely valid thing and it's totally fine for people not to be up for that right now. Boundaries. You know, yeah, boundaries. Um, when in reality, like I could pick up the phone and it could be that and I have the agency to say that, I love you, but I just really can't chat right now. I've had a huge day and I'm exhausted. I mm. will call you back at XX time and then follow through on that. Yeah. You know, or just hang up and say my phone died. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or like you pick up the phone and this entire situation you've invented mm. is not at all why they were calling. Yeah. And they were just calling for some fucking logistical reason of like, what are you bringing to the potluck on the weekend? I don't want everyone to double up on salads. Yeah. And all I have to say is. I'm, I'm not bringing, coming to the park. I'm not, <laughs> all I have to say is I wasn't invited to the park. Perfect. I didn't know anything about the park. Yes. Um, That's a weird place to put a piano. Tink. Yeah. <laughs> but like literally you can do that. You totally. Know? I mean, or literally it could not be, or it could be their calling and it turns out I like talking to them. <laughs> I forgot and why then, we were friends. I actually we, love this. And like, here I thought I wasn't in the mood to chat and now I am chatting. It's yep. great. Amazing. Like you never know. Like, there's you just pick like, up the fucking phone. It's just pick it up because yep. all of these situations you're inventing in your head about like why this person hates you because they know that you've thought about calling them for the last three weeks and you haven't done it. You know, and it's like who did have I have they called me either? No. Exactly. Am I thinking that about them? No. Or did you have any thoughts over the past three weeks where you thought, you know what? I just had a weird feeling yeah, that I Candace can... thought about calling me and yeah, she didn't. And she didn't. And I'm pretty sure now that she's a huge bitch. Yes. <laughs> All right. You got that right. <laughs> so anyway, that's just some of my um, um, thank you for my therapy session. Um, I love it. I love it. Um, and what's, in, what's just popped into my head now um, is like, because I've kept on thinking to myself, be like, it never used to be like this. Back in high school, I used to love mm. picking up the phone. And I truly did. And that was because I had absolutely no responsibilities. And the only person who was calling me was my friend James to talk about all the things that we couldn't talk about at school. Yes. Which we were both dying to talk yes. about. Yes. However, I've never really asked my mom if she ever had phone anxiety. And if it's unique to an age group or if she still loves or like mm. has phone anxiety existed since... Like Belle 
well. Since Belle. Yeah, since Belle. Since like our founder. Like 1847 Valentine's Day. I definitely was raised in a household of um, my parents' screening calls, for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I probably just get this from them, I guess, because they, they do a lot of anxious avoidance stuff where um, I, I like feel like I can hear them saying something like, oh, it's so-and-so calling oh, she's going to keep us on the phone forever. I'll call her back tomorrow. Yeah. You know, where she's she's created a situation in her head about what's going to happen on this phone call. Mm. Um, but that said, I think that they probably initiate, like they don't have anxiety about initiating phone calls as much. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, so their generation, at least from this anecdotal evidence sample size of two, mm-hmm. I've definitely seen some people from the boomer generation have some phone anxiety and have some uh, anxious avoidant behavior around phone calls. I like their mods. Um, mm. that's, I like their mods. What's weird is I have way more like Facebook anxiety and social media anxiety mm. than I would a phone anxiety. I'm much preferred to pick up the phone and give someone a call rather than anyone see one of those scene receipts yeah. on messenger um those are evil oh fuck them fuck them to fucking hell for fucking mm. ever ever oh mm. uh, okay so those are really my grievances did you have any more examples or anything like that and did we find anything that if you are suffering from phone anxiety dear listener is there anything that we could offer to help well actually now that you mention it yes um in my research uh thinking about phone anxiety in particular and the psychological things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, this article that I found had a really great sort of handy tips to get over your phone anxiety. Fantastic. Um, and I think a lot of these are things that I have personally been trying to practice a little bit more. Totally. Um, especially with the 2020 pandemic where phone calls became more necessary or just in general, non-face-to-face communication was necessary. And I had to get real comfortable with Zoom calls because you're doing them every day at work and um, that kind of thing. And I've learned that I used to fucking hate video chatting and Skyping and stuff. And, it, and you know, you heard it here from experience. It is like an exposure type of thing. Just like the more you do it, the more Zoom calls you do, the better, the easier it is for you to do a Zoom call. And mm. you get the etiquette down and you realize that... Everyone feels as just as awkward as you do on that you mm. know, call. Um, so that is one of the tips that I found to get over your phone anxiety is to just make more phone calls. But particularly, you have to do it in like a um, you know slow and steady way. So what you want to do is not like maybe start off by having to call someone you haven't spoken to. Like for me, mm. I have a friend who I haven't spoken to in ages and I've got all this weird guilt trip shit happening in my head. Like that's not where I start with the phone call. No. You know, I start by thinking of my mom and calling her when I'm thinking of her. Cute. Instead, you know, and just being like, I have a question to ask her. I'm just going to like call her and ask her that question. And it can be just a short 10 minute call, mm. you know? Um, and, and they said in this article that the key is to, um, you know, start with like, if, if having an easy freewheeling chat sounds terrifying, then start with a more formal structured call, write yourself a little script read it out or say a few things out loud to yourself, you know? Um, so that's definitely like do it basically is yeah. one of the tips. <laughs> I saw from a therapist that I was put on, uh, oh, that was writing one of the articles that um, 
for like telephobia. I'm sorry, I fucking love that word. I know it's great. It's great. Um, is actually really responsive to that kind of treatment, and a lot of people that suffer like debilitating telephobia, yes, yeah, phobia, um, benefit greatly from having roll calling with their therapist or close friend. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah one of the things where like roll calls really will make it better. I think any kind of anxiety you get around speaking like in the same way where if you're the type of person like I've got a friend who um is like so intelligent and like really well spoken but she has a lot of anxiety around job interviews Mm. and you know feels like she just clams up and can't think of stuff and um I was helping her like practice like just literally saying the words with your mouth like how you can't like not just writing it down not just reading it over but literally saying it out loud in front of another person just that gives you this muscle memory and like start starts to calm the fear mm. of conversation or phone calls or you know whatever it is that has to do with speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, public speaking is probably the same way. Probably. What's that? Uh, glossophobia. Is that what that is? Glossophobia. Glossophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, back to the ways to get over your phone telephobia. Ah, uh, yes, please. Um, so you know. Maybe consider whether it's linked to your fear of public speaking. That's a side note from us. Um, but yeah, the first thing was make for, make more phone calls. The second thing is, these are just very like practical, constructive tips. I love it. Make a list of people you need to speak with on the phone and then go through the list and reflect on why each person's call is making you anxious. Okay. So really try and like drill down on it. And you might find, as I did in preparation for this episode, that the only thing I had to fear was fear itself and that there was actually nothing there. There was no there there. The anxiety was not rooted in any sort of actual reality. It was all just, for me at least, rooted in, um, you know, sort of my own schema of unrelenting standards and needing everyone to like me all the time and so that's what I really need to work on not not making phone calls it's not the phone calls fault no um and the third one tying into my issues is they recommend that you go to therapy I love that specifically cognitive if you're really you know struggling with this a lot of social anxiety can be resolved with cognitive behavioral therapy yeah um which is described um as um It includes cognitive behavioral therapy is where you work with a psychologist to do something called cognitive restructuring, where you basically kind of strategically alter the way you think about whatever it is that's giving you anxiety. So you, you kind of try to like rationalize, you really drill down into it so much as we like, as we've done in this episode to really identify like to, to kind of like bring light into these places that feel scary. And once the light is on, you realize that like nothing was there at all. Yeah. And like that's been because I've had a couple of CBT sessions um, with a psychologist. This was my early 20s when I was having a lot of anxiety. Um, and it really helped me think about fear and anxiety in a way where you can manage it. And it's not just this thing that's it, it goes from being just a feeling that you're having that you can't grasp mm. to like a concrete thing that you can I that you can examine. Yeah. Um, so but, there, you know, don't try this at home, like it, do it with a psychologist. Totally. <laughs> who, um, you know, know how to do it in a safe way, because if you are dealing with trauma more than just your sort of everyday um 
you know, traumas that, you know, sad, depressed, emo, teenage white girls get. Mm. <laughs> no, but like pain is relative. No, no, totally, uh, exactly. Like, but if, but if, you know, if you have like real sort of like, like debilitating, debilitating sort of. trauma, it wouldn't be a good idea to sort of try and examine those things without a trained professional with yourself. So that's just a disclaimer from yeah. us, yeah. from me. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, those three things um, could help you get on a track to getting over your phonophobia. I Telephobia. love it. Do you know what? And I would add my own uh, little candor. Candery psychology yeah. thing, which if I was going to offer any suggestion, if this is just like, if you're on the milder spectrum of phone, uh, phonophobia, where mm-hmm. it's just kind of annoying, I say, find a fun way to answer the phone. Like whenever it calls, you could just pick up and just be like, room service. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like all those tired honor ones, which are just like, Bill's mortuary, you kill them, we chill them. Yeah. Or just saying, ahoy hoy. It's yes. like, yeah. It's great. It's good. Yeah. I do that on my Zoom calls at work frequently. Oh my God. Yeah, and how yeah. is it just like, doesn't it put that it little does. pep it into does. a bleak tunnel? It does. It of just lightens, it lightens the mood straight away. Yes. You know, it gets, and it tells, it shows everyone, hey, I'm not afraid of this. I'm fun. I'm casual. I'm yeah. fun. <laughs> I'm wearing done a wacky before. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That you can see because I'm very comfortable. Yes, yes <laughs> because you can see because you're watching me on a screen. But yeah, that that's great. I love that. Yeah, make it like basically what that is is just like lowering the stakes of it. I say you know? it's what it is. If I is like very Mary Poppins, a spoonful of fucking sugar ah, makes the medicine go down. Yes, that's what they say about double penetration with anal as well. <laughs> Anyway, um, where were we? Oh, yeah. So the spoonful of sugar makes the penis. Answer the phone. (laughs) Makes the dick answer. Yes. Yes. Well, that's all from me. Yeah. (laughs) That was it. Um, But yeah, that's well, that's all from me. Me absolute fucking darlings. mm. Till next time. Yeah, write to us of your scary phone call stories. Or text us. Or text us. <laughs> we have a phone number. Well, and it is. Can't remember what it is. 0499 <laughs> or something like that. I'm not really sure. Sick tits. Um, but we also have an email address where you can write us um, like emails. Mm. If anyone still does that, um, it is do you ever think about mail at gmail.com. And we um, we love to read people's feedback, basically. And also, you can suggest things that we can talk about. And you can just make some sort of, like, non sequitur comments about, like, what you've heard us talking about. <laughs> like, spam it. Look, do whatever you want. It, it is, doesn't it matter. Is, it is up to you. Anyway, just thought I'd plug that. Mm-hmm. Um, and wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And call your mom. Mm-hmm. I just saw this one. Betty's BDSM boutique. All of our operators are tied up right now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been lovely chatting. Gotta go. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so if you have something to say about today's topic, write to us at do you ever think about mail at gmail.com or send us a text or voicemail to 0499-860-397 and we might feature it in an upcoming minisode. Please don't forget to follow us wherever you listen, rate us on Apple Podcasts, or share our show with other curious friends if you fancy. And finally, thank you to Scotty for production assistance, Frook for our theme music, and Slum One for our wonderful cover art and graphic design. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.